0: Hey yo, what's up beer drinkers and how y'all doing this week? Oh, I'm doing great this week. This week I'm by myself, so I guess not so great, but you know, I make the best of things and uh, Yeah, so I'm just gonna be winging it just by myself. Let's see. Let's see how well I do. I hope uh, I don't lose you right away (laughs) But anyway, welcome to cold brew podcast. I am Greg. I'm the host coming live pre-recorded from cold brew studios and as I don't know if, uh, how many of you out there are uh, huge wrestling fans. I know um, a couple of you are. And I guess I was more so back in my youth. And I still keep tabs. And I still watch the pay-per-views. The big ones anyway. Not the every month ones. But, you know, the granddaddy, the big four. The, the what do you call it? The WrestleMania, of course, number one. And then um, SummerSlam, and not so much Survivor Series anymore, to be honest, but that used to be a big one. That's around Thanksgiving. And then, of course, the Royal Rumble. I, I would say my two favorite are the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Of course, WrestleMania is now a two day affair, <laughs> man. Uh, I, I, can, uh, I can't even imagine going to one of the, or both of those shows because they keep the few times I've been, man, they keep you captive for like fucking seven hours. And, uh, you don't want to spend seven hours in the Superdome, let me tell you that. Levi's Stadium, not so bad, not so bad, but, yeah, um, and then, of course, Royal Rumble is great, and it's not as long, I think the couple I've been to, uh, one was in San Jose at the arena, the one was here at Chase Field, and, oh man, Chase Field, uh, I don't know if they're gonna have the Diamondbacks again anymore, but, anyway, uh, I, di- I digress, um, I bring up a good old Razor Ramon because today I have in front of me from our good friends at Catalyst Crafted Ales in Tempe, Arizona. I have their triple West Coast IPA called Razor's Edge. And, and there is no ABV on it. It's a 16 ounce can. Uh, so let me look that up real quick. It comes in at a hefty 104 <laughs> alcohol at 10.45% alcohol by volume. There's no IBU rating and there are no hops listed, but um can't wait to try this so without further ado, pop off. And as the music dies down, I could tell you it pours kind of a uh, a golden color, almost uh, on the verge of copper, little tinge of copper and uh, let's see what it tastes like. Well first the nose. Nose um not too much not, not too much nose on it. Uh it, it smells a little sweet and um a, a little bit a little danky. Um maybe a little bit of pine in there, but not a lot. And the taste is oh, that's smooth. Ooh, that's real smooth, almost like uh like milky smooth. That I, I don't know if you put any lactose in it. I don't think so. I wouldn't, it's really clear. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's smooth. It's sweet. It's citric. It's wow. That's, uh, I don't really taste, uh, oh, okay. a little burn, not, not a burn a little warming sensation in the chest. It is 10.4. Um, yeah, this is, this is really good. This is amazing. I feel like I just got a razor's edge by, by Scott Hall <laughs> and, uh, for those of you who do not know who Razor Ramon is, he was a... Razor Ramon was. He was a wrestler. Um, shoot, uh, I first saw him when he was in the WWE, and I first took notice of him when he came out as Razor Ramon. Uh, he had a persona. is basically like uh, Scarface from, uh, you know, Al Pacino's uh, Scarface. Um, you know, he was Cuban. Yeah, Cuban B. And he... Uh, he came out with the chain. He had a toothpick. His hair was greased back. And he used to always say, I usi machismo men. And uh, yeah, he had that. Uh, he put on the, uh, the Al Pacino Scarface accent. And he was just a, and he was big. He was just huge. He was a force to be reckoned with. And I, I immediately loved Razor Ramon. He was one of my guys. And then, uh, you know, he got with uh, um, Kevin Nash. He was diesel. And uh one, two, three kid, um, also known as uh ah, shoot, I can't even fucking think of his shoot name right now. Uh I know some of you are yelling at me, yelling his name. Anyway, um the point is, uh he was a he was a big uh I was a big fan of his. I was a big mark uh when it came to Razor Ramon and then he jumped ship with uh Kevin Nash and they went over to WCW and then they used their 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 real names their shoot names uh Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and they formed the outsiders along with uh Hulk Hogan and then eventually uh um you know they they kind of they revolutionized wrestling at the time and yeah he uh he did that for a while and then he finally uh he finally uh, died in 2022 he was hospitalized after falling and breaking his hip and um then he uh, underwent hip replacement surgery and a blood clot was dislodged and resulted in Hall having three heart attacks. And uh, then, you know, he finally succumbed to that. So um, he did have his battles with, uh, you know, addiction and, um, and alcohol. Then he, it just, it's a damn shame because I, I remember seeing him. He came out, I believe if I'm not mistaken, at WrestleMania 31 when it was at Levi's and they did a little NWO reunion and they went against DX, and I believe DX won. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, uh, this. Uh, so I love um, the old school wrestling, and I know um, my buddy over there at Catalyst Crap the Dales, Will Walterson, he's a huge um, wrestling guy, and so it did not surprise me that he named a beer um, after Razor Ramon, and well, called the Razor's Edge. It, that was his finishing move, which was basically just a a crucifix uh powerbomb. And uh yeah, it was a good it was a good move. Uh, definitely a, a good finisher for a big guy. So, um cheers to Scott Hall aka Razor Ramon. He had a bunch of names, but uh, those are the two that um he was the most famous for. All right, uh, I will rate this beer later during our Untapped portion of the show. Don't forget to follow us on Untap Surge Cold Brew podcast and friend us and we'll friend you back. But right now it's time for some beer news. All right. Our first story comes to us from Vice. I'm just going to say the headline because I can't even believe I'm actually saying this. Love IPAs. Now you can bone a beer can with this novelty male stroker. <laughs> Oh, I would love beer. Of course you do. You're a patriotic, corn-eating child of Christ. Your unwavering passion for the pine deserves to be reciprocated, which is why we're hosting this virtual ribbon cutting for a shags luscious lager, the first-ever fuckable beer can. That's right, folks. There is now a beer can-shaped male masturbator for novelty sex toy collectors, small brewery supporters, and people who want to get a leg up on their white elephant gift shopping. Shag's groovy cursive logo appears to pay homage to Schlitz, the beer that m- made Milwaukee famous, and the namesake ale of what was once largest, the largest brewery company in the United States. The camouflage masturbator is also equipped with four internal pleasure chambers with varying textures to get you off, including a rise chamber, a apex, apex chamber, squeeze chamber and an exceed chamber designed to get you across the finish line. The stroker is made out of body-safe silicone that is free of flate, flat, flat f- 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 fragrances, paraffins, and latex. It's also designed to fit all penis sizes and can in- easily disguise itself, if that's important to you, by hiding amongst your in-real-life beer cans. Jokes aside... It really is one of the more discreet male sex toys we have seen in recent years. Just make sure Brad doesn't try to crack it open during the next major sports event, of course. All right, so this is actually a masturbate, like a flashlight, but a, a flesh can, if you will. It looks like a beer on the outside, but it's got holes at the bottom, so you could uh, try it. Now, unfortunately... Or fortunately, I don't know how you want to say it. Or thank God, I am not going to try this for you. I'm not going to go out and get this and let you know how it works. Um, I don't need it that bad. So, yeah, there is a shag can out there. Um, I don't know if this is newsworthy. I got a, I laughed about it. And it's out there, fam. If that's your thing, you know, that's your thing. Go ahead. Go at it. But, um, yeah, uh, weird. Very weird stuff. And have fun, yo. Alright, moving right along to the next story This one's a, a little bit more of a downer than, uh, than the last story but I don't know how many of you follow, uh, are on Instagram And follow along um, with uh, some of the uh, Charlotte, North Carolina breweries But uh, just a couple days ago um, Dan Wade, the co-founder of Wooden Robot Brewery in Charlotte, South End died after a fall in the brewery on Tuesday, February 20th. And there's a GoFundMe um, to help his family uh, cover the costs of the funeral. Uh, Co-founder of the popular Wooden Robot Brewery in Charlotte's South End died in an accident prompting the closure of both tap rooms. Uh, Co-founder Josh Patton said Tuesday, It is with an extremely sad and heavy heart that we share this news, Patton said on Instagram Tuesday afternoon. Due to an accident that occurred today, we lost one of our founders, co-owners, and friend, Dan. We ask that you respect the privacy of his loved ones in this incredibly difficult time. We are all still in shock and need time to process everything, but we will do our best to keep everyone in the loop for when we open up our tap rooms again. Your thoughts and prayers for Dan's family, his wife, and his son are much appreciated at this time. Uh, Dan Wade is listed on the brewery's website as one of the Wooden Robots co-founders and the Director of Operations. Earlier Tuesday afternoon, the brewery announced the indefinite closure of both locations due to unforeseen circumstances. Uh, Shortly after Wooden Robot's announcement, Medic confirmed it had responded to a fall in the 1400 block of South Tryon Street, the brewery's south end location. One person was pronounced dead by paramedics, uh, Medic said. I guess Medic is a company? Um... An ambulance company, maybe a uh, paramedic company. Uh, Charlotte, Charlotte Mecklenburg police officers were at the scene. Police have not released any details by 5 p.m. that Tuesday. In a statement to WSOC, the North Carolina Department of Labor said CMPD notified the department's uh, occupational safety and health division of an accident at that location. The compliance officer has been assigned to begin the investigating and to begin investigating the report so and that's tragic man i work in an industry where it, there there are a lot of safety um regulations we are run by osha we we get audited a lot um usually uh, our injuries are more like related to our hands um back and uh but there has been i mean there are times they they always watch they always warn us of falls i for 17 years i worked on a ladder basically i was on a ladder every day um six foot ladder but they were in the back of trailers so i was maybe about 12 11 to 12 feet high you know right there at the edge so i could have fallen off at any moment um i always took my and i've also climbed on top of trailers which are 13 and a half feet tall so there's always a chance i could have slipped and fell um i don't know what happened to dan all i know is that it's very tragic um just one simple misstep or one miscue and you know your life's changed forever um i feel really bad for dan and his family and human robot and um or was it Wooden Robot? Did I say Human Robot or Human Wooden Robot? If you guys uh, follow any of uh, South Carolina's or North Carolina's um, uh, different uh, um, personalities out there. I know Happy Hayes is out there. She's the one who I follow and I got the news from, from uh, that something bad had happened and um, a bunch of other breweries uh, followed suit and they just uh, put um, the Wooden Robot's uh, logo as the as the uh, um as their Instagram post, and uh, man, that's fucking sucks, dude. That's terrible. Um, so, um, I got this uh, razor's edge and uh, raised one up for uh, Dan, his family, and all the people there at Wooden Robot. All right, moving right along to another new story. This one is serious, but not as heavy. Uh, This comes to us from Syracuse.com, Central New York News. No contract, no beer. Union prepares for strike at Central New York's Anheuser-Busch Brewery. Kate Benoit has worked at Anheuser-Busch Brewery just outside Baldwinsville for 16 years, following in father's footsteps at the company. She hopes the third generation of her family might join one day. On Wednesday, she brought her school-age kids, Brielle and Bryce, to the plant, They joined a rally by dozens of fellow Teamster union workers ahead of a possible strike against Anheuser-Busch. Like the others at the rally, Benoit and her kids carried signs with slogans like Respect Brewery, Teamsters, Save American Jobs, Anheuser-Busch, This Round's on You, and Raise the Bar on Wages. Another popular sign was No Contract, No Beer, which was also a popular chant from the workers at the plant that produces Budweiser, Bud Light, and other beers and beverages. Uh, The the Teamsters represent more than 5,000 workers at the 12 breweries operated by Anheuser-Busch InBev in the United States. The union said in December its members will walk out at all 12 plants if there is no new contract when the current deal expires at midnight on February 29th. A strike by the International Brotherhood of Teamsters would include the brewery located in the Radisson Business Park off. Route 31, just outside Baldwinsville. Teamsters Local 1149 represent 343 employees at the Baldwinsville Brewery. The plant, the largest brewery in New York State, has a total workforce of more than 500. Workers at Wednesday's rally said wages, health benefits, and job security are all major issues with job protection being top priority. Wages are important because you know Everything is more expensive, said Kyle Tony, who has been with the company for seven years and works on the packaging floor. But when we want them, the company, to know that it's important to keep our jobs, they need to show they value what we do. So it's getting close. Uh, February 1st, Teamsters General President Sean M. O'Brien issued a statement demanding the company make a better offer and warning that a strike against the company seemed imminent and unavoidable. An Anheuser-Busch spokesperson provided this statement to Syracuse.com about Wednesday's union rally. We're aware of the union demonstration at our Baldwinsville Brewery, which is common during labor negotiations, and our top priority remains securing a contract that recognizes and rewards the talent, commitment, and drive of our employees and continues to provide the best jobs in the beer industry. As a precautionary measure, we have a robust continuity plan in place to ensure we will continue bringing our industry-leading brands to our valued customers and consumers across the country. Last week, 400 Teamsters members went on strike against a Molson Coors Brewery in Fort Worth, Texas, which could have impacts on distribution of those products, especially in the West. If the Anheuser-Busch strike happens, that would mean workers walking out at two of the nation's largest beer makers. Strikes against food and beverage producers put pressure on those companies Because their products typically have short shelf life and Patrick Penfield professor said Patrick Penfield, professor of supply chain practice at Syracuse University's Whitman School of Management. That's why strikes against such companies usually don't last for a long protracted time, he said. Uh... Their products are perishable for beer. It's about four months to a year in many cases. He said the dilemma is they, the companies, have products in the pipeline, but it's not going to last them forever. So, yeah, this is just another one of the, it just seems like it's the uh, the season for the strikes, right? Uh, it just seems like the last couple years, um, workers have been realizing that they are worth more, especially when companies are making more, then the workers are owed some of that money. Um, I work in an industry in the logistics industry and the UPS strike was a very uh, valuable or not valuable was very um, eye-opening to me Uh, UPS they um, they fought to get uh, higher wages and they also lost a lot of middle management uh, in the uh, the deal Um, Yellow uh, Freightways uh, is it Yellow is that what it's called? Yellow International Incorporated something like that they ended up having to fold because they couldn't come up... They basically had a losing business plan. And the Teamsters uh, did not do them any favors because uh, for years they kept uh, putting off uh, wage increases that the workers wanted. And the Teamsters would, would not yield anymore. And, and Yellow just... They fucked themselves over, basically. Um, and uh, we saw a lot more freight from Yellow than we did from UPS. Even though UPS is more of our lines, Yellow was a is a discount carrier, if you will, um, where I work for a premium character, uh, just like UPS. And so their customers are more, uh, of our customers than, uh, so, uh, a lot of yellow's customers went to like old dominion and Saya and, uh, what's that other one called XPO or something like that. There's a bunch of discount carriers out there, but, um, Yeah, it just seems like there's a lot of uh union um workers, the with the the Union I the UAF UAW, is that what they're called? UAF? I forget. United Auto Workers Union. Um, and then now this one. So we'll see. I mean, uh, I know the that Anheuser Bush did really well last year, even though they did lose some uh money because of the whole Bud Light debacle. But um, yeah, pay your workers. You know, the people want to work somewhere, people want to work. And they want to be happy when they work. And pay really helps. It really matters, especially when all the prices of everything are fucking going up. So, all right, I'll get off my soapbox about that. And I got one more story for you listeners out there. This one comes to us from Vine Pair, uh, written by Hannah Staub. I always like uh, shooting or shouting out Vine Pair. Um, We get a lot of stories. I get a lot of stories from them. Anyway, uh, wait. This is the headline. Wait, Tennessee might ban cold beer. Uh, I don't know how many of you have heard of this law that's coming about, but uh, it seems like Tennessee wants to ban cold beer to help stem some drunk driving uh, issues that they have out there. But anyway, let me read the story from you for you. Tennessee lawmakers are pursuing a bill that might ban convenience stores from selling cold alcoholic beverages, according to a February 15th report from local Nashville news outlet WSMV. The ban would be part of a larger legislation called the Tennessee Prevention of Drunk Driving Act, focused on preventing drunk driving accidents in the area. The first part of the bill seeks to outlaw the sale of chilled beer at convenience stores in an, in an attempt to make consumers be more thoughtful about consumption. Enforcing this law would, in theory, persuade buyers to buy beer further in advance in order to refrigerate it at home before drinking, therefore lowering the risk of drunk driving. The only other state with a similar law is in, place, in place is Indiana. Republican Representative Ron Grant is a proponent of this bill and as a victim of a drunk driving crash two years ago in Hardman County, believes these measures will be important in preventing more accidents. Quote, let's not make it easy for a person who is going to drink and drive to be able to continue to go in there and buy a cold beer, unquote, Gantz told WSMV, it is Is it such an inconvenience to only buy room temperature beer knowing that you're doing that you are stopping bad actors from having easy access to cold beer? The second initiative in the bill would cap the number of drinks that that customers can order at a bar or restaurant unless the party could prove that they have a designated driver with them. The legislation would also require law enforcement to work with the Alcoholic Beverage Commission, ABC, to investigate drunk driving accidents. This would allow the police to legally trace where the driver may have purchased their beer or liquor and the store or bar responsible could lose their license. This would further incentivize businesses to not overserve their patrons. They should be doing that anyway. I remember uh, when I first moved to Arizona and I was hurting for money. I was thinking about um, serving at a beer bar, so I went and I got sort um, of certified. I think the certification has since lapsed, but that was one of the things that that we had to learn was that you cannot overserve. If you overserve, then you could be held liable for something that happened to that person or something that they do to you know to harm themselves or others. Anyway, um, and then, and then on top of that, the, the business. so um, in response to the backlash, represent, uh, let's see here. I, I lost my place. Oh, here it is. The bill has predictably stirred up some controversy in the state with many lawmakers expressing opposition to the plan. I think it's ridiculous that we are moving with more urgency to ban cold beer than we are to ban weapons of war from our street. Representative Justice Jones, Democrat Nashville, commented according to WSMV. In response to the backlash, Representative Ron Grant has changed the language of the bill, specifying, I do not want to infringe on law-abiding citizens or be unfair to businesses, according to WSMVC. Grant released a full statement to the news outlet, mentioning that the final version of the bill is still being drafted, but we'll likely revoke any language that would prevent the sale of cold beer in Tennessee. I believe we can find proactive, common sense ways that keep our roadway safe and prevent drunk driving fatalities in Tennessee, Grant said in the statement. So when I first heard the, about this story, when I first read this story, um, I thought it was ridiculous. I'm like, that's not going to stop drunk driving. You know, people are just going to buy whiskey. Um, it's Tennessee for Christ's sake. But you know, um then I was thinking, well, like did it did it did it help Indiana? If it's helping Indiana, maybe you know it's something um, that would help Tennessee, but seems like with the backlash, the you know there's a lot of like they said law abiding citizens that um don't get in trouble for that or don't cause mayhem on the road because of drunk driving, So why should they be punished? You know they they follow the rules and the laws and everything, so maybe the the penalties should be a lot higher. You know? <laughs> if if the penalties for drunk driving are a lot more stiff, maybe it'll de incentivize, you know, drunk driving. Um I don't know what the, the the correct uh the the I don't know what the solution is, but um I mean uh if if it's helping Indiana, maybe it might help Tennessee, you know. Um but you know I just think it's uh I don't think it's I don't think it's well thought out. I mean, I, I, the, the, the intentions are nice and I get it. You know, you just don't want to, uh, give someone a nice cold beer so they could just hop in their car and drink it, you know, on the way to work or not, not the way to work. <laughs> It'd be even worse, right? Uh, on the way home or just driving around. Um, you, you know, you shouldn't be drinking behind the wheel anyway, but, um, I just, uh, you know, I, I just don't know what the, the actual solution is. Um, it seems like it's, uh they're, they're reaching. It just seems like they're reaching. All right, that's all I have for the beer news this week. Um, so you know what that means? It's time to rate my beer. All right, so I had by Catalyst Crafted Ales, Razor's Edge, which is a triple West Coast IPA coming in at 10.5 10.45 excuse me percent alcohol by volume uh i i I love this beer i think it's phenomenal i I texted uh um i texted will i think this is damn this is a fucking great beer um i give this a five this is this is this is intense this is an intense beer i fucking love it i need more of it but it's a triple so i got i really have to temper temper myself this is, this is the first five I've ever given. It is. I've never had Pliny the Younger, so this is, uh I'm not saying this is Pliny the Younger at all whatsoever, but man, um, since I've never had Pliny, I have nothing to compare it to. So this is my benchmark right here. This is my 5.0 beer, and maybe I'm a little biased, but you know, fuck it. Right now, it has an overall rating of 4.10, so it's not everyone's, uh it's not everyone's Pliny. I had to take another sip just to be sure, and this is this beer is fucking amazing. Holy shit! Four point one percent. Yeah, four point one. I give it a five. I'm gonna check in, slide that bitch all the way over, and I am gonna say I'm just gonna say phenomenal. Wait, how do you spell phenomenal? P H F E N A M I N O L. There it is. All right, save and check in what i should say is this beer is perfect and give it a 4.9 and let um who is it Pilsnerish? is that who does it now anyway i should <laughs> and give him some fodder and uh maybe you know maybe uh, gain some followers because of it but uh i don't do it for the follows i do it for the beer so this is a great beer. If y'all are out here in Arizona, or if you know someone out here, or if you're going to take a trip out here you know, within the next week or two, um, try to get some of this uh, Razor's Edge by Catalyst Crafted Ales. It's fucking great, man. I love it. But beer is subjective. You could buy it and just be like, ah, what the fuck is Greg talking about? He doesn't know beer. And you're right. I don't know beer. I know my beer. That's the kind of, kind of beer I know, and that's what I talk about, so... Um, a couple things I wanted to get to before I get out of here, but I just kind of wanted to wait just a little bit more. The song's almost over. Um, shout out once again to, uh, Raz- Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. Um, miss you, man. Miss you. If you want to know more about, uh, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, you might want to listen to, um, Kevin Nash's podcast, uh, click this. Um, now he doesn't talk about Scott all the time but you know if you go back and listen to some of his earlier episodes he does uh talk about stories where him and scott and sean oh yeah sean my sean waltman that that's a, that's a xbox name or one two three kid as he was known formerly known as in the wwe um and then some of the shenanigans they used to go through uh go yeah they used to pull uh during their wwe heyday and uh you know going on trips and um, it was pretty, uh, it's entertaining to hear all the, the back, the backstage stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, he has Scott Hall and Kevin Nash were best friends. And so Kevin Nash has a lot of Scott Hall stories and he doesn't just go on there and talk about, uh, Scott Hall all the time. What he does is he, you know, they, he and, um, shoot, uh, I want to say Sean Oliver, is that a name? Um, yeah. Scott Oliver John Oliver Anyway They uh, they talk about Current event stuff And sometimes it, it goes You know It goes off on a tangent And he talks about uh, Some of the old school days Or at the end When the people write in And ask him questions He'll go off on A story about Oh you know This one time When I was in Detroit Or he's from Detroit This one time When I was in uh, um, You know uh, uh, Peoria, Illinois Or this one time When we were in You know uh you know Moose Knuckle, Arkansas. Um, yeah, he was. Uh, he would just tell uh, different stories, and and hearing about Scott Hall and, and the way they used to carouse in the back and show up early at pay per views and smoke weed in the in the uh, in the Eucharist seats, um, and just talk about what the night's going to be. It's a. Uh, it was pretty fun. I I, I recommend uh, for all you uh, guys out there uh, and gals, for all you people out there who uh, enjoy. Um, old school re- uh, wrestling. Anyone hear the old stories? Uh, um, check, check out Click This, uh, the Kevin Nash podcast. All right. Um, one thing I wanted to get to before I get out of here is I did not go to Strong Beer. Now, usually I go to Strong Beer Festival, which is in Arizona. Every uh, Arizona craft beer week in February. This year, I did not go. My work schedule was all fucked up and i didn't uh, and so i had to uh, augment my visiting schedule with my daughter and i did not want to um i don't want to miss uh um a weekend with her so i chose uh, to hang out with my daughter on saturday instead of going to strong beer but i heard it was great i heard it was uh, um lots of fun and i heard from my uh, buddy eddie gomez who uh, is the co-host of the hoppy craftsman podcast uh, for all of you who want to know about the Arizona beer scene, uh, listen to Happy Craftsman because uh, they'll tell you what's up. And they went. Uh, let's see. I asked him how was it. and He said, the VIP pickup event was cool and 100% worth it if you want to walk right in the next day. The space was huge. The shop. Uh, he's uh, Now he's talking about uh, the actual uh, event, not um, the VIP uh, pickup event. Um, the space was huge. The shop, PHX, Beer Company, and Pedal House had giant tent areas. Pedal House and Four Peaks had their own food trucks next to their tent. Uh, beer selection was good. More unique offering than the last couple years. Uh, talked to several people who said it was so much better than Copper State. I wonder if he was just uh, digging at me because I was at Copper State. I actually had a boot there. but um, and I uh, All I asked uh, was, did they have the wrestling ring this year? And they did. The, I think it was the AWF or AFW or uh, Arizona Federation Wrestling or Arizona Wrestling Federation. Anyway, they had a ring there, and they had their deal set up. So, uh, yeah, I, heard, I mean, I heard that from him. Heard from a couple other people. It was great. They had a lot of uh, unique beers, like uh, Eddie said, and the great time. And it was actually a very well-run event uh, this year. So good for them. Uh, hopefully I'll get to go next year. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how things uh, shake out. But um, yeah, the next beer event uh, that I'm looking forward to here is going to be Real Wild and Woody. I think last year it was up in Flagstaff, and I didn't, I wasn't able to get to it. So hopefully, I can get to it this year. Um, this weekend, I'm going to go to an Arizona Beer Week event at uh, Ground Control. They have a beer pairing dinner, and then uh, my next big beer event that I plan on going to. There might be one in between, but the next one I'm going to is going to be Firestone Walker Invitational Beer Festival. I did not get tickets, so I got on my phone and I was there and I kept refreshing and finally it popped up and I went to buy and I got to the check or no, I uh, um, got to the tickets, selected the two tickets and it said, please wait, please wait. I'm like, "Okay, wait. And then it took me to the screen, entered all my info. And then I click submit. said, "Please wait. If, if please wait. If you if you uh, exit or, or close the uh, the browser, you'll lose your spot." I'm like, "Okay." So I kept waiting, waiting, 10, 15 minutes. Didn't get fucking one thing, and it didn't even move. And then um, then I was like, "Fuck this! I'm gonna try it again." And when I tried again, it was already sold out. But luckily, my brother uh was able to get tickets so i will be going to this year's 2024 fire stonewalker invitational beer fest so two years in a row i did not get tickets but luckily i knew someone who had tickets uh, or who got tickets um so looking forward to that looking forward to seeing uh, uh lt is going to be there again my brother's going to be there um should be fun and uh we we already discussing uh what we're going to do last year we all wore um T-shirts that had uh, Loteria on it. I was uh, Las jaras or the, uh, the Arrows. And um, I don't know what we're going to do this year. But we're, we're in early discussions on if we want to do a themed shirt this year. But uh, yeah, nothing planned yet. Um, and I'll probably uh, rent a car like I did last year and head on out there and then probably stop somewhere on the way there and on the way back get some beer. But uh, yeah, um, I already got this. uh, I I bought a four pack of this Razor's Edge. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save at least one of them anyway. Save one of them. Take it out there. It's going to be in June. So see if it holds up. Um, Hopefully they they did a good job canning. I think the only thing that will ruin it is if uh, any um, ambient air uh, got into the can and then spoiled it or, you know, made it go stale. So it won't spoil, but it might go stale. All right, that's it for me. Uh, one more thing before I get on out of here, before I sign out, I just want to wish a happy fifth at wedding anniversary to Sorcerer Chromatic and his wife, the engineer. Um, love both you guys. Hope you were able to listen to the show this week. And um, hopefully Sorcerer Chromatic can be with us next week and uh, give us his uh, take. Uh, I have an idea for a cold brew list that we could do. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about it this episode, but, uh, I will save it for him cause that's more of his thing. So anyway, uh, thank you for, lo- uh, let me try this again. Thank you for don't. <laughs> All right. Third time's a charm. Thank you for downloading yet again, another cold brew podcast. I am Greg and for Sorcerer Chromatic, I like to wish you cheers until next time.